0: Avocado Toast, news, politics, and social issues for young people, by young people. Hi, everyone. This is Jesse Alperin.
1: And this is Griffin Brady.
0: And we're back with another episode of Avocado Toast. Um, The other day, yesterday, I was out with um, our mutual friend Shane, and I told him that you were now co-hosting this with me, and he like, started laughing so hard. He was like, I know you both separately, but I can't imagine what it's like to hear the two of you talk about politics together. And it just made me happy.
1: That's very funny. And very <laughs> very shame. It's
0: very Shane. Yeah. What a great guy. Um, I also have a correction from last week's episode. We were talking about Larry Nassar and um, his assault of, like, 200 Olympic... Um, Uh, what is it, competitors?
1: Wow, we lowballed that.
0: Yeah, we really did. Um, So we got kind of the number of his sentence right. Um, His sentence was 40 to 175 years um, in prison. Uh, And it was, like, finalized in February, because I'm pretty... Oh, no, sorry. February
1: 2018. So it's been roughly
0: Uh, a year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so... He pled guilty to pornography charges and was sentenced to 60 years in prison in December. And then in February 2018, he was sentenced to 40 to 175 years in prison because of um, criminal sexual misconduct. And he was 54 at this time. So it's like he's never fucking getting out. Yeah. Which is great.
1: Um, yeah, it was, it, the earliest he would be able to get out is 94.
0: Yeah, he's uh, not gonna live that long, probably. Um,
1: yeah, I was gonna say it's the prison system. They don't have, like, they don't have good healthcare,
0: so. No. Super unlikely. Okay, um, do you wanna, well, I think I'm gonna start with news, because I feel like yours is more related to what we're gonna talk about as our topic.
1: I think that's, uh, fair, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So... Um, as my cat knocks uh, his cat and a banana down the stairs. (laughs) Um, uh, The House Judiciary Chairman says that um, he will launch a probe of Trump's abuse of power. This is as of four days ago. So that's very exciting. Um, This is Representative Gerald Nadler. He's a Democrat from New York. Um, So that's really exciting. Um, It indicates that Democrats have kicked their scrutiny of Trump into high gear. Um, So that's super duper exciting. Um, Republican Senator Rand Paul says that he will vote for a measure blocking Trump's emergency declaration, um, meaning that the Democrats are trying. Sorry, not Democrats. Republicans um, are trying to make sure that um, they don't get to build the wall, which is great and interesting. Um, I think it shows that Republicans like really aren't on board with his. Stupid wall plan, you know? Yeah. Which is great to take a step away from political stuff. Um, There was recently, um, I think it was a documentary entitled Leaving Neverland. It's talking about um, Michael Jackson's relationship with like this child whose name I can't remember. He's now an adult. But it's talking about how Michael Jackson, who had been accused of like pedophilia had kind of gotten, gotten away from that that issue in his legacy. Um, and now, since this uh, came out, it shows that like maybe he did sexually assault a child and groom this child. Yeah, so interesting. I haven't seen the documentary, but yeah.
1: Yeah, that's concerning.
0: Uh, the second person... To to be cured of HIV? Okay, there, a second person has been cured of HIV and has gone into long-term remission. Very exciting. That is
1: incredibly exciting.
0: Yeah, so according to this Washington Post article, um, this is a decade after the first person was cured of HIV. Um, okay, I don't know if anyone else heard that, but my cat just fucking ran into something. <laughs> um, he's high on catnip. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, so this was done without drugs, and it was after receiving um, stem cell transplant of virus resistant cells. Very cool. That's
1: incredible.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I think stem cells are super fascinating, and also um, I like a few years ago, I know that they were trying to cure cancer through the use of like um, the way that like HIV like T cells work. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, if I remember correctly, they were trying to modify those cells. So that they would kill. Cancer cells. Yeah, that they would target and kill cancer cells. Yeah. Um.
0: I don't know if it's like fully worked yet,
1: but just the way that HIV works
0: to me is really fascinating as a disease because it's so different from most diseases.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's a very interesting I think, application of sort of uh, that sort of targeted sort of genetic therapy. Um, Yeah. But I haven't heard anything since about the uh, effectiveness of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me either. Um, Okay. To get back to politics, um, our last two things are about um, Ben Carson, who is the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, says that he intends to leave his post at the end of Trump's first term. Thank God. Hopefully that's his only term. Um, and also, Baruch Hashem. Thank God. Hillary Clinton says that she is not running for president in 2020. I could not have asked for a better gift. <laughs> I don't yeah. want her for to run. Thank God she's not running because that would have fucked up this upcoming election. I think she knows that.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly agree. Um, and I think at this point she has lost... Both in twice, the, yeah, both in the primaries in two thousand eight, uh, and in the general election in twenty sixteen, and I I think at this real uh point she realizes that if she didn't win in twenty sixteen she wasn't ever winning.
0: And she's old, you know, she deserves to relax. So I'm good to go on your stories if you're interested.
1: Yeah. So the answer, international news: Nicolas Maduro of the president of Venezuela uh, vowed to defeat a crazed minority. Um, led by the opposition leader Juan Guaido, who is returned to the country on Monday. Um, oh,
0: this is super recent.
1: This is yeah, this is very recent. Um, he called for anti-imperialist marches uh, to uh, occur on Saturday. Maduro was declared illegitimate, or his election was declared illegitimate, and uh, Guaido proclaimed himself the interim president in January, but Maduro has refused to give up his power and has accused Guaido and the opposition of trying to organize a coup. Um, Which, a little bit. He's accusing them of using uh, U.S. aid um, which, <laughs> if you remember, there was the concern that the U.S. was going to intervene in Venezuela.
0: Oh, I don't remember that. Did we talk about that?
1: Um, I don't think we did. Okay, um, because but... if
0: we did, then that just means that I blacked the fuck out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, no, so there was, a, there was some concern that the U.S. was going to... ...intervene in some way, either politically yeah. or militarily... Which would have
0: been terrible. The, uh,
1: ...in Venezuela, which would have um, followed a very unfortunate history of yeah. U.S. doing exactly that.
0: Which never ends well, yeah. It,
1: uh, it never ends well because we tend to turn over democratically elected socialist leaders with uh, right-wing dictators who are in the pocket of the U.S. military.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also, like, it's... There's a lot of research that shows that international intervention is really unhelpful um, in creating stable countries, especially stable democratic countries. Um, There's... While this isn't, like, appealing, and a lot of people don't want this... Um, it's sometimes really helpful for countries to go through war and that can create stability through creating, um, sort of this, uh, system of coercion. Like if you can defeat the other side of this conflict through military, like legitimate military force, then the, um, the losing party isn't going to try and rise up because they know that they can't. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot like I if anyone's interested in sources, you can DM me or tweet at us. Like I took a really interesting course on um, international relations that dealt a lot with this. Um, But also with Maduro, he was elected legitimately for his first term. Like he won fair and square through an election. But for this one, the reason that it's such a problem is that he like fucked with the vote. And, like, that's why it's not seen as legitimate and that's why people are, like, rising up against it and, like, that's why it's starting to become a civil conflict.
1: Yeah. Um, and another another issue is that um, more than 50 countries, um, including the U.S., um, have recognized uh, Guaido as the interim mm-hmm. leader and mm-hmm. have called for Maduro to step down. Exactly. Um, but he continues to refuse... Um, and he is, uh, actually can, uh, continues to be backed by Russia and China. <sighs> um, but, uh, I say to the U.S. and, um, I think majority of the other Latin American countries have called for Maduro to step down.
0: Good. Yeah, that's important.
1: Um, in other news, there was a incident in Belgium, uh, during where a carnival float was featured, oh, yeah. incredibly uh, offensive stereotypes of uh, orthodox Jewish men.
0: Yeah, um, if you haven't seen these images, it's like these fucking huge ass bobbleheads. On like not. It's not a bobblehead, but it looks like a bobblehead. Yeah, it's like a like a what
1: would you call it? Like I was gonna say bobblehead, like in proportion.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, it's and like a costume or something.
1: Yeah, um, and so it's a really offensive caricature with um, you know large crooked noses. um, yeah. the beards they have the uh, forelocks, but um, they're also you like carrying suitcases full of money. Yeah. Um, a local Jewish organization said it was "quote typical of Nazism of 1939."
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw another article that compared images of this um, float with other um, similar anti-Semitic like floats from the past, like the 1920s, 1930s.
1: Um, and the the commission who, uh, or company who commissioned the float, Mm -hmm. um, said that they were uh, economizing on a so-called sabbatical year, uh, saving money on their float, um, and that they had no, like, ill intent, but...
0: Are you sure about that? (laughs) Yeah, I... That they... there's no way they can save their asses.
1: Yeah, the the group claims that, that they had no offensive intention... And that they said we found it comical to have pink Jews in the procession with a safe to keep the money we saved. You can have a laugh with other religions too.
0: Um, um but like not in that way. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I I think the the important thing to point out is you can yes you can have a laugh with other religions. Uh, you cannot have a laugh with other religions that have been oppressed by your religion for thousands of years. Uh-huh, uh
0: huh. Uh huh
1: or at le- at the very least several h- hundreds. Um I don't
0: I think thousands.
1: Thousands. Yeah, so I, I think it would be probably... I would say you could go
0: back to the Romans killing Jesus and that would count cuz they fucking destroyed the temple.
1: <laughs> That's fair. Um I was more in the so like Christian specifically uh fair. I think you're it's, right. It's you're right. It's
0: been about a thousand.
1: A lo- I think a little more. So yeah. I think 1200
0: yeah, that sounds right. It's probably
1: accurate. It's there's a very nasty history of anti-Semitism in Europe, and it's at the best, incredibly tone deaf, and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> at the worst, I, they're covering their asses from um, a very intentional, yeah, uh, slight. Yes. Uh, in other new, in other European news, a Czech man was mauled to death by a lion he kept in his backyard, <laughs> um,
0: which he absolutely deserved for doing that.
1: Yes, a so a Czech man named Michael Prasik owned a nine-year-old lion and a lioness, uh, um. who he was using for uh, breeding, um, and they. So he was, his father, Mr. Prusik's father found his body in the cage with the lion uh, and called the police who, when they arrived, shot both animals to death.
0: Um, they could just have not done that, you know?
1: Uh, the police claimed that the shootings were absolutely necessary for them to get to the body.
0: Well, you could just leave the body. Who cares about this guy? Um, He's clearly an
1: idiot. Guys, don't keep exotic pets.
0: It's just not worth it.
1: Um, It's not worth it. Um, They're dangerous. They're wild animals. Um,
0: People usually don't know how to care for them either.
1: uh, Yeah, usually, um, unless you work for a zoological organization, it's very likely you don't have the skills or knowledge to take care of uh, a wild animal, especially something um, like a big cat yeah um,
0: my little cat is dangerous. you know imagine what these big cats can do to you
1: <laughs> exactly um lions are i think male lions can get up to a thousand pounds. what
0: the fuck
1: yeah um
0: that is illegal
1: <laughs> it shouldn't be <laughs> shouldn't be allowed um in north american news um a another uh member of parliament um has resigned um, in Canada. Um,
0: oh, okay. You said North American. I thought you yeah. meant like American-American. No,
1: so an- another Canadian member of parliament has resigned over the Trudeau administration's handling of a corruption case. Oh. Um. So a... A... a Uh, contracting firm um, SNC Lavalin, is trying to well first I should mention that they were accused of yeah so it's a Quebec based company Um, it's one of the largest engineering and construction companies in the world Uh, they were so they uh, face fraud and corruption charges with uh, connection of about 48 million Canadian dollars which is about 36 million American dollars or 28 million pounds Uh, in bribes, it offered to Libyan officials between 2001 and 2011. The company, um, wants to be allowed to enter into a remediation agreement instead of, instead of a criminal trial, uh, because they claim to have cleared out all of those who were responsible, uh, in the intervening seven or eight years, um, and that it would be unfair to penalize the company, um. And the employees of the company for uh, the wrongdoing of executives who no longer work there. Okay. Um, so the Trudeau administration has been accused of uh, sort of attempting to collaborate with the company to avoid a trial. The um, minister who resigned, Jane uh, Philpott, uh, is the third minister to resign in protest.
0: That's pretty intense.
1: Yes, the uh, minister announced her decision to step down on Monday, uh, posting her resignation letters detailing her serious concerns uh, with, quote, evidence of efforts by politicians and or officials to pressure the former attorney general to intervene in the criminal case involving SNC Lavalin. Wow. Um, so it's important because there's a, I believe that the elections for prime minister are well not just the prime minister but the entire country uh are coming up soon okay. and uh trudeau's government uh and their handling of the affair is considered to uh have a negative impact on his image oh i'm um, sure which i think has already been suffering somewhat in canada
0: uh-huh he's not as great as we all once thought he was
1: I should have followed the lion case up with this, but I, <laughs> uh, the WWF, the World Wildlife Fund, oh yeah, yeah. Um, has been accused of funding guards who torture and kill uh, people in their war against poaching. Um,
0: uh, that's really fucked up.
1: Um, so, yeah, the, there was an investigation by BuzzFeed News.
0: (laughs) Sometimes they do really good reporting. Yeah. Yeah. um, It's just funny to hear their name.
1: Yeah, so, um, into, so anti-poaching guards allegedly killed, uh, tortured and killed people, uh, civilians in, um, national parks in Asia and Africa. Um, that's crazy. Uh, Indigenous people, uh... And villagers have been shot, beaten unconscious, sexually assaulted, and whipped by armed guards in, park, in parks in places like Nepal and Cameroon, according to Buzzfeed. What um, the fuck? And the World uh, the Worldwide Fund for Nature, or the WWF, uh, funds, equips, and works with these guards um, in order to train them uh, to fight poaching, um, but they've been accused of turning a blind eye.
0: Of course. So is anyone, like, doing anything about this?
1: Um, the WWF uh, has, says it has car- hired an international law firm to carry out a review. Um,
0: but they hired it, so it's not going to be great.
1: Yeah, and that's, yeah. that would be the, the concern. So I, I have one, one more before we get into I okay,
0: think, this awesome. topic.
1: Um, so Martina Navratilova... Um, who is a women's tennis uh, player and icon, has referred to... Oh, wait, we also
0: have one other thing that I'm going to say before you go into the main
1: topic. Awesome. Uh, She has been criticized uh, for um, comments that were perceived as transphobic for writing that a transgender woman had an unfair physical advantage over her um, cisgender opponents. Can Um, people,
0: like, stop doing that? Like...
1: She uh referred to it as uh cheating. She said she was sorry for using the word cheat, but has consist uh people are still you know criticizing her for her comments be- yeah. because they are transphobic. Mm-hmm. Especially consi- even cisgender women have been uh accused of cheating or having an unfair advantage due to high testosterone levels. Um, even if they're natural, her lawyers have said um, that she is unquestionably a woman and that they're going to fight for her right to compete without uh, medical intervention. Yeah. Um.
0: That's like kind of fucked up because it continues to sort of perpetuate this stereotype that like is harmful like psychologically and culturally, that trans women are still um, deep down too masculine to be women which is not true and i think we need to stop giving testosterone this like mighty power that it doesn't necessarily have
1: as well as um and i was gonna say as far as i'm aware hormone replacement therapy it works relatively quickly in reducing um muscle and bone mass um Mm. for transgender women so Trans women don't actually have that much of an unfair advantage. Yeah. And um, I believe that uh, even now the rules still say that um, their levels of testosterone have to be below a certain level for a year before they can be allowed to compete. Which is still...
0: I guess that level should probably be correlated to like what is considered to be healthy for a trans woman... like what is ideal in terms of hrt but i don't know those numbers
1: yeah and i don't i don't know enough about the you know the medical aspect me either um so you said you had another story
0: yes um so uh the other day i think it was yesterday celebrity alex trebek um announced that he has cancer Yes.
1: Um, So, just wanted to make note of that. uh, Specifically, pancreatic cancer, which is, I I think, one of the lowest survival rates of cancer. Oh, yeah. Um, I think over a five-year period, it has a 5% uh, remission rate. Um, And depending on the type, there's two types. I think one has... A one percent remission rate.
0: Wait, so that means he's like gonna die?
1: Yes. Great. So he okay. has.
0: I was a little confused with the wording because I get confused. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, so this is—it's the same cancer that uh, killed Steve Jobs.
0: That sucks.
1: So it's unfortunate where it's—it's it's a cancer where if you catch it early, um, it has a very good survival rate. If, if it, you catch it later, if you're you catch fucked. It, if you catch it late, where if you it gets to stage four, which is I believe what Alex Trebek has. Oh God. Um, there's a very very low chance of survival, um, and it will likely eventually kill you. I believe he's 78 though. Holy shit. I think he looks
0: great for 78.
1: And so that's it's um especially common in people who are over 70 years of age. Um, oh, okay. So. That's largely why it has such a um, low survival rate, is that once you get to a certain age, mm-hmm. um, it becomes much more difficult to fight off infection. Exactly. And, um, even it's, if you have, say, chemotherapy, um, sometimes the treatment is worse than the disease.
0: Exactly, yeah. All right, the final story. The
1: final story. And so I'm going to start with what I think inspired us to do the story was, yeah. um, there was a report published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences indicates that climate uh, that because of climate change, California wildfires could now happen in any year. Um, uh huh. Previously, um, wet winters would be a guide to sort of the severity of wildfires, but um, that's likely to no longer be the case yeah Um, because
0: california has far less wet winters and also it'll dry up so fucking quickly
1: um so yeah exactly so there's now a a lot more dry wood that's going to be available um to burn yeah, to burn um and to start wildfires um so regardless of how wet the previous winter was it's um there's going to be a huge risk of wildfires every year does um, it say
0: what percent chance it is that like there will be massive wildfires or no
1: um it do- it does not and I imagine it's still somewhat linked to um it's going to be a year by year basis yeah but the it's still likely that um it's going to be there's going to be more and more and they're going to be deadlier and deadlier.
0: Of course.
1: Um, In fact, um, as far as I'm aware, I think, yeah, the deadliest wildfires in California have uh, been increasing um, in recent years. That makes sense. Um, uh, As... So there was a long period where they weren't particularly deadly because we learned proper forest management. Mm -hmm. Um, So early on... There were deaths or injuries because of um, improper forest management. Yeah, and now it's the issue is that even that is ineffective um, due to uh, climate change, mm-hmm. which leads us to our topic, which is uh, climate change denialism,
0: and, and it's
1: fit within the larger trend of. Science
0: denialism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Specifically, Trump has blamed California's for uh, forest management for fires, which
0: he says that they're like not raking the leaves enough, which is just fucking crazy.
1: Especially, and so he pointed to particularly Finland, which is a country with a. Very large portion of the country is covered by forests Mm -hmm. as an example of proper forest management saying that they, you know, rake very well. Unfortunately, the issue is that that's not true um, and that Finnish forest management focuses far more on early prevention and sort of they use an aerial surveillance system to monitor uh, fires so that they can get there. Um, as the fire is starting, and they have um, a network sort of of forest roads, which are initially logging roads Mm. um, that they uh, use to quickly mobilize firefighting forces.
0: Yeah, and I was saying to you a little bit earlier, it feels a little bit like comparing apples and oranges, just because their climates are so different. You know, like Finland is cooler and wetter, mostly by virtue of it being... A little bit more temperate and um whereas california is like arid and hot so it's they're they're just predisposed to different kinds of weather which means that they're one's going to have a higher likelihood of forest
1: fires regardless uh exactly um finland is not just much cooler it is much incredibly cold uh it can drop to below uh negative 50 below in the winter fahrenheit or celsius fahrenheit oh wow and um it is usually in the mid 60s even in august uh the hottest point in the year that's crazy um and they have yeah so they can have up to half a meter of snow during winter and their autumns are usually wet um So it's very much not a good comparison. Um, The climates are different. The uh, trees uh, are different. Um, So California has sort of low-lying scrubland and small trees, which are um, very prone to catching fire. Whereas uh, Finland has very tall boreal trees. Uh, trees like yeah. pines, spruces and birches. So those
0: are not going to catch on fire.
1: Um yeah. which are far more resistant. I'm to sure
0: some people fire. listening are like, what the fuck are you talking about? How do you know this shit about trees? Um
1: <laughs> Sorry. So, um it's it's really a matter that Finland has a far different climate. Um, yeah. And that it doesn't have as many forest fires. It still does.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but it's they're a lot less frequent, and it's really, as you said, comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. Um, and really, the the issue is that it minimizes the effect that climate change actually has on sort of causing.
0: Yeah, it creates these this like cushion effect,
1: um, which is sort of a much wider problem than just. Forest fires. Exactly. So, climate change denialism has become incredibly popular Mm -hmm. um, among particularly conservative uh, politicians and conservative Americans, which really sort of falls in line with a much broader rejection of science and of expert opinion. Yeah. uh, In both the U S and to a lesser degree in other countries such as Europe. Um, Yeah.
0: Especially like, I think the UK suffers from a similar issue. uh,
1: Yeah. So the, the UK. um, So Michael Gove uh, claimed that people in this country uh, have had enough of experts uh, following the uh, Brexit vote and Michael Gove now claims he was specifically talking about economists Um, What?
0: Economists are the ones that know the most.
1: Um, well, so in the aftermath of the Brexit vote, um, there was so many of the sort of predictions that economists had made regarding the severity of the um, consequences uh, proved to be sort of unfounded. So the immediate consequences weren't as dire as economists had predicted Um, and a lot of things that they predicted didn't come to pass although it must be noted that this was just uh, following the vote. Brexit still hasn't happened.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly.
1: And so it's possible that these predictions will still come to pass. So Gove was specifically talking about how um, economics was a, quote, profession in crisis... That,
0: what the fuck?
1: ...because of their inability to predict things accurately.
0: Well, yeah, it's all based off of models. You can't predict anything accurately. That's just life.
1: Um, And so another person, J.K. Galbraith, uh, has said that um, economic forecasting, uh, its only function was... Uh, quote, to make astrology look respectable. Um, What?
0: (laughs) Astrology and uh, the economic field are not even they're not even close. What the fuck?
1: Um, So the the issue is I think that economics is a profession which is uh, largely not necessarily it's requires sort of more guesswork than it likes to present itself uh as making Mm -hmm. um and that's sort of the issue the uh issue is that following that uh statement by gove is that there is although he meant to direct it at economists according to him Mm -hmm. um It's now spread to other forms of expertise. So, So a Sir Paul Nurse, a geneticist and director of the Francis Crick Institute, uh, was quoted as saying, Unfortunately, Mr. Gove's remarks spilled over into all sorts of other areas where experts have an enormous contribution to make the proper running of society. The fact that experts have been derided in this way does have an effect in undermining science and scientific evidence
0: hmm I don't think his words have, are uh I don't think they're sort of um what do you call it um I guess like the the start of this sort of um snowballing effect I think it's indicative of something that's been happening for a long time now and by for a long time I want to say five to ten years or so
1: and I think you could probably point even um earlier to issues in the 1990s um where when climate change was sort of first starting to be a mm-hmm. thing that was talked about a lot of people were initially skeptical as one might be um but also derisive of um al gore uh, yeah. was very who was very much an environmentalist and wanted to head off climate change uh wasn't really given the time of day by yeah um, many people, uh, and was sort of, uh, ridiculed in many ways. Um, but also, uh, I believe it was in the 1990s that Andrew Wakefield published his paper on the, that claimed a link between the MMR vaccine and, uh, autism. And, yes. Um. Which, uh,
0: we know, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before on the podcast, was, like, uh, completely disproven he lost his license to practice the reason he published that study was that he was being funded by someone else who wanted him to prove this so he basically fudged all of his results
1: um exactly he was i believe he was uh he had created his own alternative MMR vaccine oh, that he was trying mm-hmm. to sell so he claimed that the current one caused autism using um, unethical methods and doctored results. Yeah.
0: And the issue with that to to keep on track with vaccines um, as opposed to going back to climate change is one of the biggest issues with people being against vaccines is that they hate autistic people more than they care about keeping themselves and their children safe and healthy which is just like why I don't under this is this is a me thing not like yeah. everyone else I just don't understand being that ableist you know being like it would be worse to have an autistic kid or to have a disabled kid than it would be to, to have
1: a living kid
0: Yeah what what I um, don't understand that
1: Um and I th- I think part of it is that parents really don't realize how dangerous these diseases are. Yes, Um, because they
0: haven't seen it firsthand.
1: um, Polio and measles and mumps uh, and rubella are all incredibly dangerous diseases, especially for children.
0: And also especially Um, in countries where, like, they might not have as great healthcare as we have here or as much money to afford, afford, like, um, good healthcare.
1: And preventative vaccinations. Uh Uh-huh. And so it becomes an issue where parents sort of don't really see these things as even particularly bad. Um, yeah. And um, when these are diseases that can uh, kill your children or cause like other very um, sort of long-time side effects. Yeah. Um, my aunt uh, personally uh, has lost um only I think almost one hundred percent of her hearing in her left ear because Ugh. I uh, she got mumps, I think. um Wow and it, caused, it caused nerve damage in her ear canal that uh, sucks. so she in her left ear, she pretty much can't hear anything. yeah, um, and so that's so that's obviously not the worst problem she can still hear.
0: yeah, and um, she could always learn ASL she if showed, she wanted to uh,
1: exactly. um but, I think parents really don't realize that there are long-term side effects. There are deaths that are caused by mm-hmm. these diseases. Um, and they really don't understand autism nope. um, or in autism protection disorders. And that scares them. Um, when yeah. If you um, know autistic people, yeah. um, which I think a lot of people do and they just might not realize it. Yeah. Um, it You find that... They're really just, um, where they don't necessarily think in the same way as, um, you know, neurotypical people do, they're still people and they're fun to, you know, talk to and engage with and they still deserve, like, to be treated as people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: because they are people. Yeah. Um, with, you know, feelings and emotions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. I feel like a lot of this issue with science denialism as a whole is um, a big problem with like, I don't know, like being reactionary, you know, and Mm -hmm. not being willing to learn and accept new information and being afraid of new information. And that reactionary fear um, is like possibly at the root of all of this. I, th-
1: I think that's fair. I think another issue is that even when presented with new information regarding, so say there the evidence of, um, vac- regarding vaccines and the yeah. fact that even, uh, so vaccines have been proven through a, very many studies to not have any link with autism spectrum disorders, mm-hmm. um, Um, it's hard for people who don't necessarily have scientific education um, to sort of parse what's good research, what's bad research. Yes. And so there's an issue with scientific illiteracy, but I think, as you said, there's also, if you don't know what's good research and what's bad research, uh, the a lot of people will react by, by saying, well, I don't want to... Like I'm gonna do something that requires me to not do anything.
0: Exactly. I'm gonna make
1: a decision where I'm. So if people be like, "Oh, so there's vaccination," um, I don't know. I can't tell whether or not it's good or bad. Um, I'm going to do the thing where I'm just going to not not do it and sort of. So that requires me to n- like not actually do anything. I can make this decision. I'm not going to do anything yeah. about this. Yeah. Um,
0: And I think a little bit of that is also we all want to believe that we're experts, you know, and that we know best and that our gut can tell us what's best and what's true. You know, Um, and while sometimes that can be true, like whether or not you should trust another human being like and it can be useful, it's, you know, sometimes we do need to uh, suspend our like, belief a little bit that we are always right, you know? Because we can... That's what allows us to grow and learn as individuals. And I don't know where I'm going with this.
1: Well, I <laughs> I, I think there's, there's a certain degree of virtue in saying, hey, I'm not educated about this topic. I should um, learn more before I try and make a decision about it yeah um or at the very least i'm going to default to the opinion of an expert that i trust Mm -hmm. um so if your family doctor says if you go to them and say hey we're not thinking of vaccinating and the because i'm concerned um about it and i don't know enough and the family doctor says i think you should vaccinate because uh i'm a Position and I, I'm trained <laughs> to know about these yes. things. Yes. Uh, then you should probably vaccinate. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a climate scientist says, "Hey, global warming is happening, yeah. and it's or climate change is happening, and it's caused by human um, activity," uh-huh. you don't. You're not a climate scientist, so you you should kind of default to their opinion yeah, um, because this is something that they spent their whole lives on. And some you know, some people are gonna say it's like, oh, but what if there there's some vast conspiracy of climate scientists? Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting paid off by the government, uh, which I say, climate scientists. Really don't make a whole lot of money, as far as I'm aware.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm I work in the environmental field, so I can tell you, um, holy shit! I wish I was being paid off by the government. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and so, like, and I think at that point where it's if you if you think that you know climate scientists are being paid to manufacture this crisis of climate change, yeah, uh, then you're starting to veer into conspiracy theory territory, and I really really can't help you, um, because soon you're gonna start thinking the moon landing was faked and that the earth is flat.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I do wonder if the moon landing was faked and I think about it, but I don't know enough about
1: I that. Th- I think um Mythbusters actually did a special What? Where they I love them. T- where they tested the all of the claims made that are sort of used to like support
0: Yeah.
1: Um The idea that the moon landing was faked. um, And they tested them and found that none of them really held any water.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: And that while it was possible... Like, they said, it's like, we don't know if it was actually faked. Yeah. But, like, none of the criticisms of, like, the moon landing footage actually um, mean that it was. Yeah. So I think one of the big ones is that there's... um, like, there's one photo where it's, like, this, um, where they're, like, oh, the lighting in this wouldn't work because there's only one light source and you can clearly see. It. It's, like, mm-hmm. you can clearly, like, this part's illuminated and if it, the light source was here, you wouldn't be able to see it. Um, yeah. Of course, forgetting that the moon is reflective. Um, oh, okay, Which yeah, is why yeah. we can see it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so, like, Mythbusters tested that and... Like they took a photo with that and they found that the, um, so they put something with the reflectiveness of the moon yeah. like um, on the floor and they took sort of a similar photo and found that the results matched pretty much perfectly. Mm. Um, they, there's like another thing about the flag flapping in a vacuum so it looks like it was wind, but they tested that and found that it moved in the same way. Um, I certainly believe that climate change and sort of the resistance to it is there's a fear of the unknown, and I think that's sort of true of all scientific denialism, is many people have this fear of the unknown, they have this fear of that which they don't understand, and... Rather than default to saying, I'm going to trust the experts on this because they don't necessarily like the experts or they don't necessarily agree with them politically, they mm-hmm. assume that the experts are wrong yeah. and that they must have an opinion that is worth just as much. That's, I think that's also a bit of an issue is sort of we come from a society where you know personal equality is valued um and that's absolutely a good thing. Yeah. Um but I think we also have to understand is just because everyone is equal doesn't necessarily mean that their opinion on every subject is equally valid.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um I also want to make a note as someone who I wouldn't say I'm an environmental scientist because science is not my bag. Um, (laughs) But I do know a lot about the environmental field. I work mostly in policy and environmental writing. Um, The environmental field is currently working pretty hard to work against um, some of the problems that we've had in the past with um, the way that we get our messages across. um, Because we've struggled with a lot of like, Oh no, the world is ending and like we're all going to be screwed and die if we don't do something immediately. Um and that has caused a lot of problems with the way that people perceive the environmental field and because of that a lot of people have sort of um historically shut down when they hear anything about climate change um and it makes people feel like overwhelmed to the point where there's nothing they can do about it. So over the last like few years, environmental scientists have been working to combat that by focusing more on the positive of like, this is what we can do. Here's all these options. Here are these resources. Let's do something as opposed to like, we have three years to live. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's um, an interesting note to make because I think it's something that can be really helpful in combating this reactionary um, science denialism.
1: Um, is instead of just saying here's the problem it's terrible you yeah. present a solution to the problem exactly. sort of preemptively to say it's like hey the problem is terrible but we can do something about yeah. it yeah because i i think that's a a fair i think that's a very good idea because otherwise you sort of you end up paralyzing people otherwise yeah um and
0: cause... personally i'm really like goal and project oriented so for me it like that Way to look at things is really exciting and i find it really inspiring but yeah um so let us know uh how much you hate vaccinator anti-vaxxers <laughs> um, <laughs> and how much you love the environment <laughs> um please join our facebook group and i don't think you're in it griffin because i just never added you yeah I don't it's think so. um avocado toast lovers on facebook Um, You can find us on Twitter as at Avocado Toast PPN. And yeah, you can always send us news stories that you want us to talk about. Um, I think that would be really exciting to have people involved doing that. Also, feel free to help us out on Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com slash Avocado Toast. Um, and help us raise some money to buy Griffin a mic because, um, I think I'm moving in June. (laughs) Um, so that'd be super great of you guys. Um,
1: do you have anything to say? Um, I don't think so. What did we sign off with last week? I don't remember, but...
0: It was great and I loved it. And I, now I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. Please recycle.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, please. (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) Okay. We could totally do, I could go on a huge rant about how nothing matters and we should just reuse rather than recycle, but, um, reduce, reuse, recycle. (laughs) There we go. Um,
1: reduce, reduce, reuse, recycle, uh, kidnap an oil executive.
0: Kill all fascists. Maybe that's a little extreme.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know about that. Uh, yeah. Kill all fascists. Eat the uh, rich. Eat the rich. Yeah. I think that. I think Ooh, that-
0: maybe Eat the Riches" is our sign off. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Eat, eat the, the rich. rich. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.